Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi, everybody. Hope you are all doing great. Thou doth protest too much, Rex Hewerman. The court gods have spoken, and they have declared that your cheeketh will be swabbed if. It did not take long for a judge to grant the Suffolk County prosecutor's request to get DNA in the form of a cheek or buckle swab from alleged serial killer Rex Uerman. Despite his lawyers' pleas not to force their client to do this, Suffolk County Supreme Court Judge Timothy Mazai said today that there is probable cause to believe the architect is guilty of doing in the three Gilgo Beach victims whose deaths he's charged with, and thus he must pony up a cheek swab. That DNA may only be put in the medical examiner's database at this time, so they can't just enter it into CODIS. If Hewerman is found guilty, then the DNA will be entered into CODIS, which is the Combined DNA Index System, which is a national database of DNA profiles from convicted offenders, unsolved crime scene evidence, and missing persons. By the way, Rex's wife and his two children have already provided DNA samples to the authorities. They're cooperating, even if their patriarch is not. Judge Mazai said, quote, the court finds that contrary to the defendant's contentions, there is probable cause to believe that the defendant committed the crimes charged and therefore a basis to compel the buckle swab, end quote. Here's why they want that swab. Hewerman was identified as a suspect based on phone records, an eyewitness account of both him, his size, his look, and his green Chevy Avalanche truck, as well as one strand of hair found in the burlap bag concealing victim Megan Waterman's body. That hair was linked by DNA analysis to a person of Caucasian European descent. With the DNA profile from that one hair in hand, the authorities, who had been surveilling Rex Hurman for quite some time, were able to snag a box of half-nibbled pizza crusts and a used napkin that he carelessly threw away in a public garbage receptacle in Manhattan. They then extracted DNA off those pizza crusts and that napkin and compared it to the DNA profile that came from the one strand of hair. It was a match, but it was called a loose match. So now the prosecutors want to get a cheek swab of DNA directly from Rex Hewerman to compare to the DNA from that one strand of hair. And as I said, they're going to get it. In fact, they may have already gotten it. Speaking of DNA, I wanted to share more information on the long journey the authorities took to eventually identify the remains of Jane Doe number 7 as 34-year-old Karen Vergata, a woman who was said to be working as an escort in Manhattan when she disappeared around Valentine's Day of 1996. Now, two months later, 
on April 20th of 1996, a pair of legs belonging to a female were located in a black garbage bag at Blue Point Beach on Fire Island in Long Island. Back then, DNA technology was not where it is today, so it wasn't possible to determine who the legs belonged to. Fifteen years went by, and then in April of 2011, that same female's skull was found in the brush on Tobey Beach in Long Island. Note that the legs and the skull were found 20 miles apart. Her torso and hands were never recovered. Whoever wanted to keep her from being identified did a good job. The investigators determined that whoever these body parts belonged to was a woman, she was white, and likely between the ages of 18 and 50. They also discovered several scars on her right leg as well as a two-inch surgical scar with suture scars on her left ankle. And guess what? The woman was wearing red nail polish on all her toes when she died. I wonder if she picked red polish because she disappeared right around Valentine's Day. In 2011, the investigators were able to do STR testing on the two sets of remains. This allowed them to look at 20 DNA markers. This showed that the legs and the skull had come from the same female. However, once again, it wasn't yet possible to figure out who exactly that female. Fast forward to 2022, and that's when forensic evidence from Jane Doe number seven was sent to Othram Labs in Woodlands, Texas. Othram's scientists developed a DNA extract from the evidence they were sent and then used what's called forensic-grade genome sequencing to build a comprehensive genealogical profile. That profile was then delivered to the FBI's forensic genetic genealogists, and they then created a family tree for Jane Doe number seven. So now that they had a family tree, the authorities called the family of the female, Jane Doe, to ask if they had any missing family members, and they said yes, they did. Karen Vergata's father had been looking for her for many years. Sadly, he was no longer living when the authorities finally contacted the family and asked for a cheek swab from a relative to compare to the DNA profile they had. It was a match, and Karen Vergata got her name back. Now, the authorities are trying to figure out who took Karen's life. To do that, they're trying to piece together her existence and, most importantly, her movements in the days leading up to her disappearance. They're looking at her criminal history, which apparently she has, and any partners she spent time with, at her job history, I'm guessing before the escort work, but maybe also during the escort work, and more. So once again, the question is, could Rex Heuerman have done this? So far, there are no answers to that, but whoever harmed Karen displayed a very different pattern than whoever did in the Gilgo Beach for victims. Karen, again, was found in pieces in two locations. The Gilgo Beach four were intact. Three of them were in burlap bags. Thus, it's possible 
This could be a different killer who hasn't yet been caught, someone the authorities have referred to in the past as the Manorville Butcher, a killer whose M.O. involves harming females, dismembering their bodies, and then dumping the remains in two or more locations. Or it could be Hewerman, and if he's found guilty of being a serial killer, perhaps he modified his modus operandi over the years and went from being someone who cut people up to someone who did not. I'm thinking that whoever did in that victim Peaches, as well as her toddler, probably also is responsible for Karen Vergata's death. Time will tell. Did you learn anything here? If so, smash that like button. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, sleep tight.